Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports Real Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss LeCumia McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Kingdom McGee on the Twitter and at Kino Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, too, you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. But if you have, happen to miss them, you can watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Also, for Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow them on all social media platforms. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You search for Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of our show. You can catch our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all pod- podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have opinions on any of our uh, topics that we'll be covering for today's show during our two-hour extravaganza, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll or do something stupid or act a fool, I have given Lakina full permission to give you the Will Smith stage slap. Well, not maybe not necessarily in that sense, but yeah, bye bye. <laughs> Keep my name out your mouth. <laughs> Moving on, Lakina, let's kick off this Monday edition of Second City Sports by discussing college basketball. March Madness is heading down the whole stretch. The final four will take place next weekend in the city of New Orleans. Our, the final four teams are set. Let's review the action from this past weekend's games. First, we'll start off with the, with Villanova. They were the first team to punch their ticket to the Final Four. They defeated Houston in the South Regional Final by the score of 44-50. to 50. For, for Houston, Tajay Moore uh, led the Cougars with 15 points and 10 rebounds. And for Villanova, Jermaine Samuels had 16 points and 10 rebounds. Likina, uh, the, the stats by both these teams were identical. Both of them shot uh, around 30%. Uh, the rebound edge went to Villanova by one, but it came down to these two things, free throws and three-point shooting. 
Houston was only one of 20 for three-point range, and Villanova from the free-throw line was a perfect 15 for 15, while the Cougars went 9 of 14 from the free-throw line. It always comes down to the little things and the fundamentals, and that's exactly what happened um, last Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that's not going to win you games if you're Houston well, being one for 22 from three. And unfortunately, that was sort of like the thing. They picked the wrong you know, time in the wrong game to be ice cold from three. And I know some people were wondering, like, well, how would it be called, you know, officiating wise? You know, look, it turned out it was actually a pretty even game by the by halfway through the second mm-hmm. half. It was actually in Villanova that was already in, you know, that was already in foul trouble. So for folks who thought that maybe, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, like they, they might they'll call the games against you know Houston. They're gonna call all the fouls and such. That turned out not to be the case. What what killed uh, Houston was, like you said, the you know, the lack of three point shooting. And you know, look, Villanova. That, that it, was, it sucks what happened to Justin Moore. He's you know tore his Achilles, and now he's not gonna be able to play in the Final Four. Villanova doesn't go that deep anyway, so him mm-hmm. you know getting hurts. It was like right at the end of the game too, and that was just unfortunate. And, and it, you everyone knew that you know he tore his ACL. And look, this is the number. This is the seventh time Villanova's going to the Final Four. The fourth under coach, you know, Jay Wright. So I feel like he needs to be getting his due now. And look, you got you know Connor Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels Jr. Those those guys have kind of you know, been leading the charge Villanova this whole tournament. And now with Moore being out, like I said, you know, the depth they they don't go that deep anyway. So that could kill them against you know Kansas. But we'll we'll get to that later this week. But you know. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for Villanova, for Houston, I should say that they couldn't get their three points. You know, going. You know, you know, Jermaine, she was uh, over five from three. Mm-hmm. That that's you know, Jamani, she I should say he was over five from three. Uh, Taze Moore, who was their best, you know, three point shooter, he was only one for five. Kyler Edwards, another one of their best three point shooters, was zero for eight. So yeah, those are the type of things that's not gonna that's not gonna get you. That's not gonna win a lot of games. So I, I feel like it was a combination of Villanova's defense. Houston mm-hmm. being cold, ice cold from three, and just experience too. I feel like you know Villanova's experience definitely helped them in this game. I, I feel like, yeah, I, I could I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Houston's offense was ice cold. Uh, their defense really kept them in the game, as I said before. The statistics by both these teams even each other out. The, the deep the free throws uh, made the difference. But we saw what Houston did against Gonzaga, Illinois last week, and. Uh, their defense, as we talked about, they're a very good defensive team. But just some of their stars outside of Tajay Moore uh, against Villanova just couldn't get it get it going. And you need to your big time players to step up in big time games. And like you said, Villanova did that, and uh, Villanova did that. Houston just couldn't find any rhythm offensively to get it going. So uh, those were the keys of, uh, uh, to the game, I believe, and also to all the hustle plays as well, diving for loose balls. Um, uh, getting the key rebounds, getting the key block shots. Uh, Villanova did that more than Houston did down the stretch. Yeah, and that was sort of like the key too as well. And look, the Houston, look, I mean, Houston's defense, I mean, like I said, for their their defense, I mean, they feel you know, Villanova did struggle early. You know, they only held them to 27 mm-hmm. points. But like I said, I mean, the, the three-point shooting, I think that's what killed them. Also, you know, the free throw shooting, I mean, they were, like I said, they were going to the line just as much as Villanova was. So people were wondering, mm-hmm. like, would call, will the calls kind of, un, you know, be uneven, you know, to Houston's advantage, disadvantage, I should say. It actually mm-hmm. was pretty even. So I think, you know, folks, and on that you know, respect, you know, that definitely, you know, that kind of killed that that uh, momentum as well. Also, too, this also breaks a streak, you know, by Houston. Houston had been, I think, like, like 
like four and zero in the you know, regional finals. Yeah, they had the you know, Villanova had their first loss, and in doing so, mm-hmm. they had won each of their last four regional uh final appearances. Each of the last two in the final four appearances, of course, they would cut down the nets. So we'll see if that's the case. It could be a tough task, especially with more being out for them but uh yeah i mean it's gonna be very interesting to see oh this matchup with kansas again we'll, we'll talk about that in a second but this was just a really okay none of the games were great well none of the four like elite, ga- elite games were great but you know this was, was probably I, I would say the most competitive if you want to like you had to choose which one was really yeah by great. default yeah by default but you know again you know the south region and such so you know, it would it actually ended up being a pretty, pretty, you know, pretty interesting game. I mean, yeah, the the, the score wasn't there of Avi, but you know, it, it had its moments. I think like Houston again, the guy down to like three, two or three, I think one point. I think they were down only by one, but you know, Villanova's experience and of course, you know, Houston's you know cold shooting, I think kind of killed them in the end. The second team to punch their ticket to the Final Four last Saturday was the Duke Blue Devils. Coach K's um, last dance season continues. Uh, The Duke Blue Devils defeated the Arkansas Razorbacks in the West Regional Final by the score of 78-69 for Arkansas. Jalen Williams led the team with 19 points, 10 rebounds. Mark Williams for Duke had a double-double, 12 points, 12 rebounds, and three blocks. Lakina. Duke controlled this game from start to finish. They uh, they led by nine in the rebounding department, thirty-four to twenty-five. Offensive rebounds, even though um, sorry, uh, Arkansas had the edge. The defensive rebounds went to Duke by a twenty-seven to seventeen margin, and their three-point shooting was tremendous. Even though they didn't take that many, they shot forty percent for a ten shooting. But the the Arkansas Razorbacks, especially early, their shooting went ice cold. They ended up shooting 41% for the game. But uh, Duke, as I mentioned before, they controlled the pace uh, from start to finish, and they shot a, a whopping 54.7% for the win. It's it also, it's also to Coach K's 13th Final Four appearance, which is, you know, he passed John Wooden in that front, and he has uh, Final Four appearances in each of the decades he has coached. Three in the 80s, mm-hmm. five in the 90s, of course, two in the 20, 2000s, two in the 2010s, and now one, the first one, and the only one I should say since you retired in the 2020s. Mm-hmm. So just, just a remarkable feat. And look, early on, I think Arkansas had control. They controlled the pace. You know, their defense was smothering Duke, and they were hitting their threes and such. But after that timeout, you know, I think you Duke, mm-hmm. they kind of woke up. And I know that some folks, you know, like where were some of these guys? Like Pachero has been around. He's all ACC. Griffin's all ACC too. Also, mm-hmm. too, Mark Williams is can be a double double uh, threat. I think he actually double double through most of the season. So you know, look, the, they're getting contributions from pretty much everybody on there. And this is something that is really like you know remarkable what you know, Duke is doing. And you know, we'll, we'll get to like I said, we'll get into the matchups in a second, but. This sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, great spread out scoring by them. And once Duke, you know, after that first timeout that Duke took, after that, you know, they kind of control the pace and, you know, Arkansas, you know, couldn't get their shots going. Six from 20, mm-hmm. six for 20, like you said, you know, six from three pointers. That's not going to mm-hmm. win a lot of games. And, you know, they, they struggled. Some of their stars struggled. I mean, Williams led the way, but, you know, you know, Note had his struggles, you know, from the arc and, and also two from the field. So it, it's sort of like just one of those things where Duke, unfortunately, was able to, you know, kind of control the pace, you know, after that initial run that Arkansas had. 
couple of things. Give Arkansas head coach Eric Musselman credit. He had those kids playing for him, playing at high intensity, especially defensively. They're a young, athletic bunch. Hopefully they can get some recruits down there because I think that they may have something special going on down there in Arkansas. Uh, no one expected them to do this well th this this year, especially in this tournament. So they got as far as they did, but they ran up against a better team in Duke. And, and we can break this down on our next show on Friday, Lakina, as we where we'll preview the final four matchups. Duke used that North Carolina loss uh, at the end of the regular season as a springboard. Yes, they didn't uh, know they didn't win the ACC tournament after that, but ever since that loss uh, at, uh, at Cameron State, uh, Coach K's last game coached there, uh, this team has been focused and been on a mission. They really got the fundamentals down up to this point. Yeah, some, thing, some things fell their way that it happens like that sometimes, but they've been able to take advantage of them. Yeah, they really did. And look, I think, like I said, Duke was able to control the pace after that initial timeout. I think, mm -hmm. you know, once they settled down, I think it was, I think it was mostly nerves too. I think, you know, for a lot of those guys, you know, this is their first trip in the Elite Eight. So, you know, you got to think the nerves probably kind of like, you know, they start, they were tightened up early. But once they got relaxed and they got going, it was hard to stop them. And Arkansas had no answer for it. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We're reviewing the March Madness uh, regional final games from this past weekend. Let's move over to yesterday's action from Sunday in the Midwest region fi regional final here. It took place here in Chicago. Number one, Kansas did not have any trouble with number 10, Miami, as uh, the Kansas Jayhawks will make another trip to the final four under head coach Bill Self. They defeated the Hurricanes 76 to 50 for, for Miami. Cameron McCusty led the Hurricanes with 18 points, four rebounds and OG uh, Abaji for, for the Jayhawks. Uh, thank you. He led the Jayhawks with 18 points, five rebounds to four assists. Lakina, the Miami Hurricanes were six for twenty-six in the second half. That I think that's what told the story as Kansas uh, pulled away in, in that second half. But in free throw shooting, Kansas uh, uh, was at fifty percent. But they need to do much better against Villanova. We'll get to that uh, later on this week as we preview that matchup um, in more in detail. But on the rebounding department, Kansas, especially in that second half, stepped up. They had a 41-28 advantage uh, for the entire game. As I mentioned, Miami shot a, a whopping 34%, while Kansas shot at even 50%. But the uh, the missed shots and the, and the defensive intensity for Kansas uh, really turned it around in that second half. They were down six, Kansas was at halftime. They were down mm -hmm. by six. And, you know, it was what, you know, Kansas had their struggles from the field and, and such, you know, it looks like Miami. It, was like, it wasn't like Miami was pulling away from Kansas early on. It's just that they mm -hmm. were in their shots and Kansas wasn't. Now, flip, you know, it kind of like they just you know, turned on the switch in the second half. You, know, you had, you know, Kansas, you know, was doing the you know, Wilson was, you know, hitting, you know, shots. Uh, mm -hmm. Obaji, you know, went back, you know, back to back threes, you know, that helped, you know, got him to the lead and, and such. And, you know, it was sort of one of those things where you kind of like they just sort of, you know, they didn't have to, you know, they were 5 4 14. They only, they only attempted 14 threes, but they really didn't need to because they were able to control the paint, especially in the inside with McCormick and Abaji. And they were kind of, you know, sort of like to control the tempo. Once McGusty, you know, McGusty for Miami, I don't know what happened to him. He was kind of like the guy that could kind of yeah. help the offense early on, but, you know, second half, he wasn't able to hit anything. Charlie Moore had his struggles as well. So you kind of think you, you kind of wonder that you know again you know was did the nerves kind of get to Miami, you know in the end you know half in the second half I think you know the, the Kansas is a veteran squad this isn't their first rodeo 
I believe this is like their 14th Final Four appearance, if I'm not mistaken. I got to double check that. But they actually have now had the most wins by any school, like like 2,300 and something, which is absurd mm -hmm. in that, that whole rich history of that that uh, that program. But, you know, Kansas, you know, they got – I'm sure, look, free throws have always been the, uh, their weakness, if you can find a weakness with Kansas. You know, look, Kansas is kind of one of those very quiet number one seeds. They're kind of, like, been lurking around. It's us in the Midwest mm -hmm. region. You know, everybody – no one was really paying attention to them early on. They won the Big 12 title again, uh, mm -hmm. the Big 12 tourney again. And my question is yeah. about them, too, early on in the season, if you remember. All right, that's true. But, look, they have a lot of depth. So, I think that's mm -hmm. what – you know, once we get into our previews, but – you know, they're look. I think they showed that they look. They're balanced scoring. You know, that's always been a thing with Kansas the whole season. And yes, they're free throw shooting. Yes, that's probably like the one like big like you know stain. I mm -hmm. think that's probably why they're not being talked about much. But look, you know, you know, balanced scoring. You know, Remy Martin had nine off the bench and made some big plays late as well. Six, you know, big rebounds that helped propel that Kansas run. You know, they look, they outscored uh, Miami 70, 47 to uh, 15 in the second half. So look, their defense mm -hmm. definitely uh, kind of. Kind of helped them sort of, you know, got to be able to control the game once the second half started. And, you know, they, you know, just, they just, you know, put a chokehold on it and just didn't look back. And Kansas is on their way to another Final Four appearance. In the last game uh, on the docket from yesterday, St. Peter's uh, Peacocks, their uh, clock struck midnight. Uh, so they could not pull off another upset, unlike what they did on Friday uh, against Purdue. Uh, St. Peter's went uh, went down to North Carolina by the score of 69-49. to 49. And for North Carolina, Amanda Bacot had 20 points and 22 rebounds. Lakina. Uh, that we talked about this before we went on air today. Once North Carolina went up by seven, and uh, St. Peter's missed their next few shots, and after that first timeout, you pretty much knew. Unfortunately, if you were St. Peter's fan, that this game was over. Uh, give head coach Hubert Davis credit, as we talked about him on this show all season long. Uh, Carolina, I said they were going to be better next year with better talent. They still could be, but uh, anything that happened after the first couple of rounds of this tournament has been gravy. Well, they the Tar Heels have taken advantage of that. Yeah, uh, Hubert Davis, I mean, if you saw how emotional he was in his mm -hmm. interview with Jamie Erdo after that game, yeah, he said, look, he said, it's them. It's them. And, look, it was them. And, look, I know people are wondering, like, okay, where did this North Carolina team come from? Like, I, we didn't see this team really. Look, mm -hmm. look, well, you have more guys. Like, Brady Monick was a transfer from Oklahoma and, you know, and his uh, uh, evolving hairstyles. <laughs> it's sort of interesting. How, <laughs> you know, uh, Andre Carroll goes probably somewhere and think, oh, whoa, he's, he's, he's so my style. But, uh, again, that's, that's an old joke, but that's, you know, you don't have to worry about that. But, yeah, I, I mean, look, mm -hmm. like I said, once they got to a 7 nothing lead, you know, early in the game, and look, those three-point shots, those you know, layups, you know, that St. Pete's were hitting. I hate to say this, but they play like a 15 seed. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, yeah. And I think that's you know, unfortunate that this was a time. And like I said, that should have this should have been the early game, but that's a whole another story. But you know, Bacole, you know, I love I love his game. You know, he had 22 rebounds, which is absurd. I think that's the most. Like you know, most like a double double in that aspect. I think since Akeem did it with the foot fly sandwich, yeah, we gotta go all the way back to those days in the early '80s. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, 19 points for Brady Malik. Caleb Love had 14. I like him. I yeah, like him. He, he, he had he to really do too much did. yesterday, but I really like him. I really like his game. So you know, he he could definitely shoot the three, and I, I you know he could pass the ball really well. The, you know, it's such crisp passing. I, I love his game, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I mean, look, you know, I think they, I think look, it takes a while, especially if we have a new coaching staff, get new guys coming in. 
you know, it, it's sort of like, look, it takes a while for guys to mesh. And I think, look, it took a, it took maybe a couple of months. I know they had some bad losses early in the year. North Carolina mm-hmm. did, but you know, they, they got good. Look, they got better at the right time. And, you know, you know, Duke, you know, they, they, they beat Duke their last game of the season with all the motion there and, and such. And look, they all, and they, they looked really good. Now, again, well, can they beat, look, People got what they look. Well, some people won't admit they didn't want this, but you're going to get it. Duke of North Carolina for the first time ever, which I know it sounds odd than me for the first time, you know, in the history of in the tournament. But yeah, going back to 1991, that's probably was the closest. But unfortunately, you know, Hubert Davis was playing on that team in 91, and they were upset by Roy Williams and the Kansas Jayhawks that mm-hmm. year, the national semi national semifinal in Indy. So that. That that's how close that they got. They were were, were close since then. But but this should be a great matchup. Uh, Coach Davis is there for the first time, you know, since Bill Guthrich did it in his first season at North Carolina, like way back, like in the like mid nineties. So it look, there's gonna be a lot of stories there. Look, you got four blue but blue bloods, you know, in the Bayou. So this should be a lot of fun. And also, people say, well, why? You know, I'm sick of yeah. I want to say, look, you weren't gonna watch say the uh, Final Four featuring say Peters. You weren't. You weren't. They should just admit that. I was. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. in the minority, but <laughs> yeah. So you know, you look. You got four. I combined sixty-one Final Four appearances between these four programs. You got, you know, got some you know great veteran talent all over the place. I know CBS is probably kicking themselves because remember, folks, in the Final Four and the national championship will be on TBS this year. Mm-hmm. So remember that once you once you get your plan your plans for this weekend, but. Yeah, but this should be a really great Final Four again. We'll, we'll get more in-depth into it on Friday. I know we're up against it, but mm-hmm. this year, you, get, you get four blue buds, you know, battling out, and it should be a – it should be – it should probably – this is probably one of the best Final Fours in memory, I feel like. Yeah, probably since 2008, we had those four number one seeds uh, making it down to the Final Four well, in San Antonio, of course. Yep. Yeah, remember Derrick Rose, uh, former Chicago mm-hmm. Bull. Uh, if you would have made that free throw, Mario Chalmers' three-point shot would have never happened. But I'll, I'll, I digress from that. But and, remember, uh, too, but remember too, they were also like they probably could have been that that, that they would have been stripped of that title. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some other stuff too about Memphis. Yeah, we'll, we won't we'll get into that. that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. But mm, Google, folks. Yeah, <laughs> Google is your friend, as Lakina would say. But yes. I, I think it's going to be a, a, a terrific Final Four. You, you have um, a, a two great matchups with Kansas and Villanova, two veteran uh, uh, top power programs, followed by Duke and North Carolina. As Lakina said, we'll give you a deep dive into our uh, and for our previews coming up on our next show on Friday. But that would would have been nice if St. Peter's were, was there. Yes, but Duke and North Carolina, like you said, most people would prefer that matchup over St. Peter's, and that's why the people was dumping on St. Peter's. But Shaheen Holloway, great job, young man, and coaching those young kids to get as far as they can. No one knew who they were before the tournament, and no one expected them to be Kentucky or uh, Purdue last Friday night, but they did it, and they, and they showed America uh, what you could do if you believe and stick together as a team. Now, will Mr. Holloway get some offers this offseason? I'm sure he will. He's probably going to end up going to his old, old alma mater at Seton Hall. That's probably where he'll end up going. There's already rumors that a deal's already been placed. It's, it's not official yet, but you know, they're, been, like, they're in the final stage of putting together a deal. And good so. for him. Hmm. And, and he showed, look, I mean, look, they, they, I think they went to the tournament all four years he was there. I think he, when they went to, was six, to the Sweet 16, like, his senior year in 2000, but I think he got hurt during like, Early one of the early round matches, I forgot who they upset, but I think he got hurt and he couldn't play that that six points at CTN. I think they will lose, but uh, yeah, so you look, 
look, he got a nice look. He's going to get a nice little paycheck there, and I'm sure he'll be able to recruit some of those same guys and probably even bigger bigger ones in that New York, New Jersey area. The Chicago Bulls uh, get back on track with the win against the Cavaliers on the road last Saturday night. The Cavaliers organization did something special. For those of you that missed it, we'll tell you about it. And plus, there were some great games that went on around the association over the weekend, including a couple of games worth noting from yesterday. All that and more as you're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday edition. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrinkett had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. If you have a question or comment for us or do any of our topics of today's show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's continue our basketball power hour by moving over to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, the Chicago Bulls stand with a record of 43 and 31 after their 98 to 94 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers last Saturday night. The Bulls led it by as many as 18 points. They damn near blew that game, <laughs> which I wasn't happy about, but somehow they they uh, they, they they held on for the win. DeMar DeRozan was in foul trouble for most of the game. He barely scored 20 points off of eight of uh, 17 shooting. Zach mm-hmm. Levine led the team with 25 points off of 8 of 17 shooting. Ayo Dusumu, who started in place of, of started in, in, in the place of Lonzo Ball in 32 minutes of action. He had 11 points, five, 
five assists and, and two rebounds. He was very good defensively, except for that couple of those last plays in the last few seconds. We'll get into that in, in just a minute. But Alex Caruso still returning from his injury. He had 10 points, seven assists, and eight rebounds. P. Will, Patrick Williams had four points and four rebounds off the bench in 14 minutes of action. And Tristan Thompson, uh, the former Cleveland Cavalier, in 12 minutes of action, he had five points and four rebounds. Lakina, we said that this Bulls team is good. Are they championship good? No. Uh, is this team growing? You believe so, but they still have some things to learn. And during the last, uh, the second half, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, turned their uh, intensity around. And you can, I can see where people would say that the Bulls played down to that competition, thought this game was in the bag in that second half. It nearly costed them, but uh, there's some things they need to tighten up uh, in order for them to take that next step. These are some growing pains they had to go through as a group, but you hope they learn them and learn them in a hurry because we, we are officially two weeks away from the playoffs. And you're still doing some fundamental things that can cost you games. I didn't like the way that game ended on Saturday, but but the Bulls got lucky with the win. Yeah, it was they were up 19. I was turning back and forth from some of the the late eight games, and I I was one. Okay, I saw the initial, you know, oh they're up 19. Okay, fine. And then it was down to like three. I'm like, wait a minute, what what happened? And it was sort of like I, I did not I I didn't understand that, but. It is what it is. I mean, look, I think at this point, it's not about style points, I guess, as long as you win. And look, the Bulls needed this win desperately. And and look, I, look, you had the you know, Zach, you know, looking more and more like the Zach Levine we know and love. It looks like, you know, DeMar's glory, I guess it's his glory is okay because he had like a monster dunk in the fourth quarter of that game. So, oh, okay, okay, then, you know, he only had 20, but you can kind of tell that like, we started to see the old DeRozan. Io had 11 points. And uh, Caruso had 10 points, you know, his first game in the starting lineup and a couple of big steals late to seal the game for for the Bulls. So the good news is that, okay, you know what? Again, at this point in the season, it's not about style points anymore. Just get the win. Get the heck out of there. You got another winnable game coming up. And look, just just, just make sure you don't, you know, tonight. You know, I, guess, I know they said one three in a row, but you know, they're still the Knicks. But you know, I, I feel like this is sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, you know what, just, just take the win and keep it going. They needed this win, and like I said before, style points doesn't matter, and just just do it. Just do it. On the flip side for the Cavaliers, Laurie Marketing, the former Chicago Bull, had 14 points off of 5-13 of shooting to go along with his nine rebounds. Evan Mobley, who I think should be rookie of the year, he struggled only ended up with nine points and 11 rebounds. Darius Garland chipped in with 28. Lamar Stevens had 13 points and four rebounds off the bench for Cleveland. And Karis LeVert, who they acquired from the Indiana Pacers early in the season, he has 17 points off of 7-14 shooting. But, Keenan, this is a still a good young Cleveland Cavaliers team. They're just a step below the Bulls. They're in some growing pains as well. I, I think they, they're going to make the playoffs just for them. Along with the Bulls, you better avoid the number seven spot. Well, that's nothing that you got to worry about too, especially with those like Jared Allen's going to be, you know, gone for at least the rest of the regular season. So mm -hmm. I think having Karis LeVert there can only help if you're, the, if you're a Cavs fan. I, I feel like you know this is sort of a Cavs team. They kind of they've hung on. You know, they got 41 wins. No one really thought they would get that much. You know, this early, but look, they they looked really good, especially with Rubio being out and now Jared mm -hmm. Allen's out. But look, you guys still got Darius Garland. You got Market and Market actually has looked good. It looked as a better system for him. Karis LeVert's first game since they acquired him. 
you know, he had 17 points so that they, they, he, they kept them in. And I think, I believe it was, you know, his three and that kind of helped you know, start that run for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Like I said before, I'm not like, look, look, the key, if you're a Bulls fan, the key is to just stay out of that number, to stay out of that seven spot. Just don't go mm-hmm. to that seven spot. But there's been a lot of movement in the East. We'll get to that in a second, but I feel like this is sort of one of those cases where just, just, just take the win, just take the win and run. You should be able to win at New York tonight. Look, I, I look, I know the Knicks have been playing better lately. They won three in a row, but you know that they should be able to beat the Knicks. You know, they got another one against Wash the Wizards. The Wizards have been, you know, they've been you know on, yeah. a, down, on a downturn, so they should be able to win that game as well. Then after that, that's when things get kind of interesting. So then we'll worry about those games coming up in a bit. You got you know, you got about you only got about eight games left. So try to like you know win like half these games, get stay that five spot. If you can get any higher than that, you know do it. Just you know just just don't get just stay out of that seven spot. You listen to Second City Sports on the Monday uh, live on the Monday edition on right here on Sports of Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you as we talk Bulls in the NBA. As you mentioned, Lakina, the New York Knicks. Uh, are the next opponents for the Chicago Bulls tonight? You can see that game locally, locally at six thirty p.m. Central Standard Time on NBC Sports Chicago. Nationally, uh, via NBA League Pass, i.e., MSG out of New York. Lakina, what do you expect from tonight's game? I know the the Knicks have former Bulls head coach Tom Thibodeau. He may be coaching his last games as a member of the New York Knicks organization. You have Julius Randle, a few hosts on New York Sports Radio, want him traded as soon as the summer. Uh, Kimball Walker, uh, the reunion uh, bringing him to New York has not worked out. Uh, Kimball Walker still has knee issues, but they have they have some young guys that they are taking a good look at, like Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett, and uh, and a couple of others. Uh, do you expect the Bulls uh, to uh, rump the Knicks tonight, or do you think it's going to be a, another struggle uh, like like the other night in Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, look, they played the games pretty close. I mean, look, Bulls and Knicks, you know, their rivalry goes back, you know, so all the way up back to the 70s. So it's not like, you know, this isn't you know, the first rodeo, you know, the Bulls and Knicks playing each other. But, look, this should be a good one for the for the Bulls. And, look, like I said, like I said before, yes, the Knicks have won three in a row. But I, I feel like this sort of – if you're the Bulls, this is your time to pounce. And, look, the Knicks mm-hmm. don't, aren't really playing for much right now. So if you can, you know, go for a knockout punch now, do it. And we'll see. You're still, you're still, you know, P. Will is still, you know, feeling his way through the lineup mm-hmm. and such, you know, getting his conditioning back. You got DeRozan, you know, hopefully they've had a couple of days out the Bulls have, so hopefully they can kind of, you know, mesh, you know, it's something, you know, Vucevic, you know, we'll see, you know, good Vuce, you know, this time around. So, yeah, I like, I think hopefully they can win this, you know, Knicks game tonight. I know Knicks would love to play spoiler for some of these teams, but I think mm-hmm. if you're the Bulls, you've got an opportunity to try to, you know, get back into that, you know, try to get to that four spot. I know it's going to be hard to do, but at least try and get there. And look, this is sort of like your time to kind of finish strong. Uh, and remember, Nikolai Vucevic had a big game at Madison Square Garden earlier this mm-hmm. season as the he Bulls were getting off the uh, get, mm-hmm. MSG. They, yep. Yeah, and the Bulls were getting off to that great start, and DeMar DeRozan was having a tremendous start to the season. So I look up for another big game for Vucevic tonight, and let's see if Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan both play. I know I was in the camp of one of them was going to sit out one of those games because it's a back-to-back, i.e. Zach Levine. Let's see if that happens or not. But uh, I don't know if you noticed, Lakina, and I, I noticed especially early in the game, Vucevic, as uh, uh, we talked about on this show, 
uh, uh, before. And I know Sean Sierra from Sean and mine in the morning, every Monday, every Wednesday and Friday, right here on Sports on Chicago, 9 a.m. to noon Central Standard Time. He's been talking about Nikolai Vucevic should, uh, should start uh, posting guys, posting guys up. We know he's a very good outside shooter, but when he has the matchup into his advantage, he should start posting up inside. I, I saw him starting to, to do that. Yeah, in the game against Cleveland last Saturday, but he kind of went away from him in the second half. Hopefully, he can start that get start that again tonight. Yeah, let's hope so too, and get that get it going because I I feel like the Bulls are going to need him, especially if they want to try at least you know advance like the first round, the first round of the playoffs. They're really going to need him to kind of step up. Yes, and so we'll see what happens tonight. Once again, the Bulls and the Knicks uh, square off at MSG tonight at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Lakina, let's go around the NBA and give out thoughts on a couple of key games, uh, a few games that took uh, key games in terms of the playoff race that took place over the weekend. We'll just give you a couple of games from uh, last Friday. The Charlotte Hornets uh, defeated the Utah Jazz at home 107 to 101. The Atlanta Hawks, uh, they still hanging around the playing tur- tournament uh uh, field. They defeated the Golden State Warriors without Steph Curry, who's going to be gone for the rest of the regular season, 121 to 110. As you mentioned, the Knicks, Lakina, they're coming off, of, uh, they're still on the winning streak. They defeated the Heat, 111 to 103. Miami, he still has their issues. We'll get to that in just a moment. The Minnesota Timberwolves defeated the Mavericks by 21, 116-95. And of course, the Clippers uh, were destroyed at home by the Philadelphia 76ers. Here's a couple of games that I uh, checked out uh, as we go to our to the schedule from last Saturday. The Spurs beat the Pelicans 107-103. to New Orleans, that's still a good young team. And too bad Zion Williamson will not play for them this season. He may not play for them ever again, but that's another conversation for down the road. But San Antonio, even though they're not a, a great team anymore, Greg Popovich still has that roster playing fundamentally sound basketball. And they'll see some wins in here and there, but I think – yeah, we'll get to the Lakers in a second, but it doesn't look like they'll be able to you know, get to that play-in spot. They were hoping that maybe they'd probably sneak in there, but you know, it doesn't look like that's that's gonna happen. But look, you know, you know, Kellen, you know, Kellen Johnson had 21 points. He's got a gold medal in his credit, so he you know, his arsenal now too. So you know that they'll go figure with that one. Um, we, look, we talked about uh, you know the Chicago, Cleveland, you know the the Nets, you know Miami. They just you know hammered Miami. The Nets mm-hmm. did with uh, Durant, uh, KD leading the way with 23. You know, nice balanced scoring there for the Nets. You know, we'll get to what happened yesterday in a second. But it, it's sort of one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, you know, it was sort of, look, Miami's been having some issues, you know, off the court and such. You know, then, you know, Jimmy Butler you know, struggled again, you know, seven points. You know, they just did look good. I know our girl, Lana Tekar, is just, you know, beside herself right now. You know, <laughs> that, you know Miami. This is not like the worst time for Miami to have their worst stretch mm-hmm. this season. But, but yeah, it's just a sort of like, you know, I, I watched a little bit of this game, you know, this was an ABC game and I feel like I, I needed some of those minutes back because it was just terrible. Yeah, well, it, was on the S Network. it was on the S Network, I should say. But yeah, I watched a little bit of it on the, on this little laptop here. But yeah, it, it just ugh, it was just, just terrible from from start to what the first quarter wasn't that bad. I mean, but, you know, the Nets mm-hmm. got into this little run the second quarter and, you know, they started hitting shots all over the place and Miami had just had no answer. Yeah, from uh, continuing our review of the key games from the weekend schedule in the NBA from last Saturday night, the Memphis Grizzlies continue to play well there at the number two seed in the Western Conference. Uh, they blew out Milwaukee 127 to 102. Milwaukee had most of their guys in there, but Memphis, Desmond Bain, Jared Jackson, Dylan Brooks, 
uh, Kyle Anderson, <laughs> uh, these no names outside of Memphis people don't know about, but they continue to play well. Yes, they need John Moran, who's going to at least miss the rest of the regular season with injury. But without John Moran, this team seems to play even better. But they're going to need John Moran for the playoffs. And, and Memphis continues to surprise people. They're, they're not a joke. This is not a one-time thing. They're not going away, folks. Yes, they made the playoffs last year via the playing tournament. But this is a better team than the than the one a year, from a year ago. We'll experience. So that's going to be a thing once we go into our mm -hmm. playoff previews. We'll experience if they get a bad matchup in that first round, they'll probably get the two seed. Now it it, it depends on who they get. Now I I don't now look I don't know the the, the standards are you know they they keep you know changing. But if they played, you know, we'll say the seven seed. What okay they play Minnesota. Can Minnesota can push them to uh, to seven games. I mean, uh, okay, maybe the Pelicans can make a series. I don't, I, I don't think you would trust either of the the Los Angeles teams should they play one of them in the first round. So to me, it's going to be about matchups. I know, I know Jay Williams. Well, they've are, you know, he said that Memphis is going to go to the finals. That might be a little bit of a reach, but I, I feel like, especially if I think experience is going to be the thing here in the playoffs. That's going to be the theme. A lot of these guys, yes, they played last year with through the plans and stuff. They're going to need mm -hmm. Morant back. I know they've been playing better without him, but you're going to really need it, especially if you want to go far in the playoffs. So, well, we'll get to whole, you know, Memphis has looked good. You know, yes, they, you know, yes, they're kind of using a lot of no names, but, you know, can they sustain it? Can they go far in the playoffs? That's a whole nother conversation we'll have in the next few weeks. And whether the final from last Saturday's action, the Denver Nuggets, who had a 20 point lead at one point, they were barely, uh, they barely hung on to beat the OKC Thunder once 113 to 107. So, Denver. Uh, I watched a little bit of, of that game. Will Jamal Murray come back this year? Who knows? But Nikolai Jokic had another big game, and they needed it every last point of his because OKC well, was coming, and Denver took the foot off the pedal, but uh, they held off the OKC Thunder to get another win at home. Yeah, Denver kind of scares me a little bit. I know our buddy Jason Pfeiffer, I think, loves his Denver team. But like you said, mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think Murray's going to be able to play this year. I think that I, think that I saw that somewhere in one of the uh, – somebody covering the, the Nuggets. But it, it, it's – look, like I said before, we'll see what they do in the playoffs. I feel like I think Denver is one of those teams where, look, they're right there in the, the regular season. In the playoffs, it's just, you know, you just don't know what which different team you're going to get. So we'll see what happens there. Now going into yesterday's uh, matchup, you got Boston – just hammering the mm -hmm. T-Wolves. Jason Tatum had 34 points. Now they're the number one seed right now in, you know, Lou, because, you know, Phoenix beats Philly by 10. You know, Devin Booker had 35 points for them, for the Suns. They've looked really good. It looks like, you know, CP3 might be back this week. That's the rumors going around. In yeah, he had a good game yesterday. Well, I'll get to it in a second. Mm. Yes, he did. But, and yeah, and look, I think, Look, yo, Phoenix already clicked to the number one seed, not only in the Western Conference, but also too for the best record in the entire mm -hmm. league. Which I don't think they, I don't think they've done that. They're the quickest to do that. I think, you know, in in four seasons, they're the third quickest to do that, go from worst to first. And I think this might be the first. Time. It might, it might not be like even before that '93 team with you know Barkley and Marley and them, but mm -hmm. KJ and them, but. Yeah, I mean, look, they looked really good. I know, you know, Philly. Well, we'll see if Boston can sustain this run that they're having. I think Tatum. I just don't see them sustaining it. I just don't think it's going to happen going into the playoffs. I just don't see it. I know uh, Washington. Look, without without Steph, I think the Warriors are just. I don't think Clay played that game either yesterday. So the Washington was able to kind of take advantage of <laughs> that. Not having a lot of those guys there. I think. Well, well I don't think Draymond played. 
well, Draymond did play, but he's still struggling. You know, you can tell that that knee is still bothering him. Oh, elbow, I should say, is still bothering him. Clay had 25, but he had his struggles from 3-3. Three, three. You know, you can tell that they really need Steph back. And, look, the Wizards were able to take advantage of them, you know, missing. they kind of like one of their key leaders. And they're three-point. They're only, they're only eight for three, eight for three, three from three. That's not going to be a lot of games. Yeah, the, uh, I'll start with the Boston Celtics first. Look, you know, I did check out that game with Minnesota yesterday for a couple of minutes. Minnesota just didn't have it. Their shooting went ice cold despite Anthony Edwards, their second-year guard of Georgia, scoring 24 points. They just didn't have it. Boston came out with a Fury scoring 34 first-quarter points. In and out scored the Timberwolves 38-19 to in that second quarter to basically put that game away. But will Boston could be a dangerous team come playoff time, but I think Philadelphia – or Miami will have something to say about uh, that uh, grabbing that number one spot in the Eastern Conference. Now with the Warriors-Wizards game, Clay Thompson did play. He's, he scored 25. He was the only one that showed up for the Warriors. And this is what happens when you uh, miss Steph Curry. They're 7-14 and 14 in their last 21 games, uh, referring to the Warriors. And so uh, I think for the Warriors, you definitely do not want to fall out of the top four. I think they'll finish number three. I know they have a mixed bag uh, in terms of their remaining uh, games left in terms of the, uh, the strength of the mm-hmm. opponents. So they'll they'll get over 50 wins. So probably end up with 51, 52 wins, and, and they should be fine. Just just get Steph Curry back uh, healthy for the playoffs. Now with Boston, uh, the reason why they're up at number one, because they won their last six games, and they are 12-3 and three in their last 15 games. So as I said, Boston, will they stay at number one? I doubt it. It'll, Miami in Perhaps Philadelphia has something to say about that. And speaking of Philadelphia, I did watch the majority of this game yesterday as the Phoenix Suns pulled away from Philadelphia, 114 to 104. Joel Embiid, who's probably the leader in the cup house for MVP, he had 37 points and 15 rebounds. Chris Paul had 19 points and 14. It says Jay Crowder hit a big three down the stretch to basically put that game away. Devin Booker was a scoring machine once again. And Devin Booker should be number two or number three as far as MVP voting is concerned. Uh, once again, Lakina down the stretch for Philadelphia. Uh, Joel and B tried to carry this team, but James Harden was missing in action again. Yes, yes, and you know that was sort of the key. And if you're trying to you know, win a title, especially in you know, the Sixers, you can't have Harden have his struggles. I know he might still be banged up from that growing. I don't know, but he only had 14 points. That's not going to get it done for you, especially if you're trying to get out of the East. You know, that's actually you know surprisingly becoming very competitive. So. You can't really afford to have these type of losses against your, especially because yes, granted this was the number one team in all of the NBA, but you know it was sort of back and forth for a while. But you know the Suns pulled away in the second half, so it was definitely one of those games where you're kind of like if you're the Sixers, you're kind of like kicking yourself that you had a chance to perhaps maybe at least keep it close, but you know they pulled away late. The Suns did. Uh, this Utah Dallas now Utah has had their struggles lately. I think Dallas really needed this win. Because mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because of the fact that you know, they had lost, they had lost a you know a couple in their last you know like five or something. So Luca, you know, Luca kind of showed up and showed out as usual. He had thirty two points. We got contributions from other guys. You know, Jalen Brunson had twenty three. Uh, Reggie, look, there's a look. Here's a name that I don't think folks have 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 heard in a while. Reggie Bullock had twenty three mm-hmm. points, which is a season high for him. So it, it's definitely, you know, they got contributions from all over the place. And it looks like maybe Dallas could maybe still be right up there for that five seed, I, I, I believe. You know, I think they're like right near the edge of that, that, that play in. So they should be able to hang on there. But, you know, I think this one, I think Utah, look, you know, another team from the West that 
needs to get their get their playoff going, mojo going, because this is where it's going to be where it's at. As we talked about for the last few weeks on the show, Lakina, it's going to be a log jam in the, in the middle of that pack in the West Conference with uh, with C's between four and seven. Utah, Dallas, Minnesota has now entered the picture. They technically still are number seven in Denver as well. That was a big win for Denver on Saturday, uh, the, uh, given what happened against uh, with Utah yesterday in Minnesota, losing at Boston yesterday. So Denver is still uh, in the playoffs, but they're the number six seed. So all these games for those teams are important as we have two weeks to go uh, remaining in the regular season. And speaking of the Western Conference playoff chase, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, I watched the majority of this game via this computer screen. <laughs> they had a 20-point lead, but blew it down the stretch as the New Orleans Pelicans um, they rebounded for their home loss on Saturday with the San Antonio Spurs. The Pelicans picked up a big win, beating the Los Angeles Lakers for the second time this season by the score of 116 to 108. LeBron James had 39 nine rebounds and five assists. Brandon Ingram returned from his injury, the former Laker. He had 26 points, seven rebounds, and five assists for the New Orleans Pelicans. Lakina, the, the Lakers once again failed to deliver down the stretch. And you could tell, I was watching that game, they were uh, leading comfortably. They thought they were just going to cruise to a victory. Mm -hmm. uh, the New Orleans had one of their biggest crowds of the year at King Smoothie Arena. But Brandon Ingles, hot shooting, and, then, and, and, and a couple of other guys, uh, Serena's Valley Junis, the former Toronto Raptor, he came up big down the stretch as well. New Orleans, uh, give uh, their head coach, Willie Green, credit. They continue to fight, and they picked up an important win yesterday. They were down, I think, like 19, 19 I think. And I, I think also, too, LeBron got hurt, so I think that also did not help. He also the youngest to pass the 37,000-point mark, by the way, during those 39 points. But, yeah, uh, look, there's no really – I don't want to go into this game too much, you know, because mm -hmm. we got, like, we're up against it. I think, you know, I want to talk about uh, – the, the, that Hornets uh, Nets game from yesterday mm -hmm. and this you know, Kyrie's first game back in New York. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. The, like the Lakers thought they were just going to coast through the victory. And I guess they thought that the Pelicans were just going to give up, not knowing that they should know they've beaten them earlier this season. How, you know, they have actually have some pretty decent town over there in New Orleans. So I don't know what happened. I think, you know, especially once LeBron got hurt, I think that definitely also changed the game as well. So, I, I don't know. We'll see. You know, there's no no update on his status, but yeah, it's sort of one of those things where you're just you're just like, okay, the Lakers have like three have had like three or four of these already. So there's rule that this is probably like the worst of it though. But it's just it's just crazy. Now going into this game real quick, uh, the Nets uh, losing to Charlotte. This is you know, Kyrie's first game since you know in in playing in Brooklyn since New York you know got did away with the uh, mm -hmm. the, the mandates. Um, Look, he had 16 points. You can kind of tell he had his struggles, though. He had 11 assists, but he struggled. Yeah. Katie had 27. Andre Drum actually had, you know, 20 and 17, a double-double there. But didn't really have a lot of contributions from the other guys. And then, you know, look, Kyrie, unfortunately, had, you know, maybe it was the fact that, you know, playing at home for the first time this year and still trying to find the rhythm at home, which is sort of, you know, weird. But this is sort of the thing that was going to happen once they did lift the mandates. And, it, it, unfortunately, it showed uh, in that game yesterday. And also to Lonzo Ball for uh, I'm sorry, Lamella Ball, excuse me, Lamella Ball for Charlotte <laughs> had 33.7 rebounds and nine assists. And uh, Martin, that kid had a couple of uh, big baskets down the stretch of Kuna three pointer, which basically put the game away for Charlotte. I did catch it uh, the last few minutes of that game. Uh, Brooklyn was leading that game early, big, but uh, the, you know it's a theme from, from this weekend's games. You 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 lead big early. You you. 
you tend to coast mm-hmm. and some you, know, you you barely survived or you just got caught with your pants down. Brooklyn got caught with their pants down yesterday. Like you said, Lakina, it was Kyrie Irving's first game at home this year. And Charlotte, uh, give them credit. They fought back and, and fought back hard. They they did. And, you know, look, kudos to them for not you know, giving up. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, Charlotte is one of those, you know, the, the Hornets have a look, we said that the Hornets had a really good squad, so over mm-hmm. there in North in North Carolina. So it looks like maybe you know Michael, you know, Michael Jones finally got a got a rhythm going. But yeah, I mean, ooh, I don't know what happened there with Brooklyn. I, I think they they took their foot off the gas and you know, Charlotte was able mm-hmm. to come back and win that game. And yeah, so it's gonna you know, look like I said, I don't know if they'll be able to get into a get into a plan, but I think Charlotte definitely has like the, the pieces there to perhaps maybe contend next year. Yep, we'll see what happens as they're still trying to fight for their uh, playoff lives. Our number one in the books, our number two straight ahead as you're listening to Second City Sports live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We'll continue with the NBA talk by giving you the key games to watch for for this upcoming week. The NFL is trying to change this overtime rules again. Also, Lakeem will uh, give us her uh, NCAA Women's Tournament update, and we have some sports media news for you to pass along and a whole lot more. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the 11 color along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. We have less than an hour remaining of this uh, sports extravaganza today of a show we call Second City Sports. Do you have a question or comment for us during, during any of our topics that we uh, talk we'll talk about for today's show? You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick off our number two of this fabulous program by wrapping up our NBA talk by giving you some of the key games to watch for this week as we drive down the home stretch as uh, the uh, playoff picture is starting to shape up a little bit. And some of the games on the schedule are really important. We'll give you some of the key matchups, starting with tonight's action for Monday. The Denver Nuggets will start their road trip tonight at Charlotte. That's at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Denver is 44 and 31, while Charlotte is 39 and 36. Charlotte is quietly uh, one of the best uh, teams in the Eastern Conference since the All-Star break, as they, they continue to keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, and also at six o'clock, the Khalifa Cavaliers, uh, they're looking forward to uh, uh, bounce, uh, bouncing back with hopefully with a win after a loss against Chicago on Saturday at home. They'll host the Orlando Magic tonight at six. Uh, also at six o'clock, Atlanta will travel to Indianapolis to take on the Pacers. At 6.30, the Sacramento Kings will uh, play the Miami Heat in South Beach at 6.30. Of course, the Bulls and Knicks are uh, at the same time at 6.30 locally. Also at 6.30, the Celtics will play the Red Hot Surgery Toronto Raptors. Uh, that should be another good one. Big game for both of these teams. Uh, at 7 o'clock on NBA TV, no Steph Curry, but the Warriors will travel to Memphis to take on the John Morant-less uh, Memphis Grizzlies. And wrapping up uh, the action tonight will be the Thunder and the Trailblazers. Boo. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that Boston-Toronto matchup. That should be fun. Both teams are in mm -hmm. a hot streak. Like, we'll see how that goes. And we'll see if Miami can bounce back against Sacramento. They, they could, but you never know. Sacramento might, you know, they, we might actually see, you know, an actual... Yeah, the good Sacramento team that, you know, that beat the Bulls. But so we'll see there. <laughs> now going into tomorrow's matchups, that should be a really good one. I'm a little surprised this one's not on television, but I digress. Milwaukee and Philadelphia, that should be a fun one. Could this mm -hmm. be a preview for the Eastern Conference final? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see there. Uh, of course, the Bulls, they have a back-to-back -to -back tomorrow. They face the Wizards. So, but they'll, there's no reason why they should win that game, even they're coming off a back-to-back. -back. Detroit and Brooklyn, we'll see if Brooklyn can bounce back. From that loss to Charlotte, the Lakers, and Dallas. That's the first game of that TNT doubleheader. I know I'm sure they wish they were able to flex that, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> At 6.30 yeah. on TNT, the second game of the doubleheader, wrapping up the, the Tuesdays till you got Utah and the Clippers. It looks like maybe we might see Paul George. I know he's been cleared you know, later this week, I should mm -hmm. say. He's been clear to do like you know basketball activity, so we'll see. I think that's something to keep an eye on if you're a Clippers fan. So, at, but even still, that should be a good one at nine o'clock on TNT. Yeah, this is a back-to-back -back, uh, situation for the Utah Jazz. They lost at Dallas last night, and for the Clippers, as we said before, Lakina, uh, give Tyrone Lue the head coach credit. Uh, this team's been fighting and scrapping all season long. They're at the eighth spot. Uh, in the Western Conference playoff chase, and they could face the Lakers uh, in the playing tournament, and they have a real opportunity to knock out the Lakers, but we'll see what happens down the road. Let's go over to Wednesday's schedule. 
uh, in the National Basketball Association, starting off with Dallas at Cleveland at 6 o'clock. Big game for both teams there. The Nuggets will continue their East Coast road trip. They'll travel to Indianapolis to face the Pacers at 6 o'clock. At 6.30, the first game of the ESPN Wednesday night doubleheader, we have Miami at Boston. Big game for both teams as both those teams are trying to chase down that number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Also at 6.30, big game for Charlotte. The Hornets will travel to MSG to take on the New York Knicks. <laughs> it's also at 6.30, Minnesota at Toronto. Um, big game for both of those teams as they try to solidify uh, their playoffs uh, positions. At 7 o'clock, uh, the OKC Thunder will host the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are at 500 as of this broadcast. And at 7.30, uh, Memphis will travel down to San Antonio to take on the Spurs. In the second day game of the ESPN doubleheader at 9 o'clock, uh, the Golden State Warriors without Steph Curry will host the suddenly red-hot Phoenix Suns. As we told you, even though Chris Paul is back, it will not be that bad for Phoenix. Phoenix is the number one team in the rest of the conference. And wrapping up the uh, Wednesday schedule, New Orleans at Portland at nine o'clock going into Thursday. Some pretty good games here on Thursday. Of course, we'll start with Philly and Detroit. We'll see where Philly is by that point. The first game of the Thursday doubleheader on TNT should be a good one here. You got Milwaukee and Brooklyn. I know, I know a lot of Nets fans are hoping that maybe Kyrie will probably, you know, get his rhythm going. And mm -hmm. that be a good That's going to be there. a love fest with well, Kyrie Irving on that broadcast. I can tell you that right now. Well, we'll see if, you know, if, We'll see how Milwaukee looks. I know that the other guys are coming back healthy. We'll see. Mm -hmm. You know, this could be a preview of of uh, a rematch of last year's uh, Eastern Conference. You know, we'll, we'll get to the Eastern uh, Conference playoffs, but we'll get to that in due time. Cleveland and Atlanta, that should be a fun one to battle of the young guns and those teams. Both teams are trying to jog for positioning for positioning in the playoffs. The Clippers and the Bulls. Now, there are some people that say that there's word coming out that says that maybe Paul George might be back for that game. We'll see. He hasn't played in like four months. So we'll see how he looks if he does play. Now the TNT, the second half of the TNT header will be Utah as they host the Lakers. Now we'll see if uh, LeBron will be able to play. There hasn't been any updates because of the ankle injury of his. So we'll mm -hmm. see if he's able to play. But uh, yeah, that should be, that's a big one there on all fronts in the Western Conference. Real quick, let's go back to that Clippers-Bulls game on Thursday. Uh, even if Paul George comes back, the Bulls have been a pretty good home team this year. You would think now since the the, the sanctions have been lifted um, uh, from, from the United Senate, they've been getting great crowds this year, mostly bigger uh, from the Bulls because the Bulls are winning. Let's see if the Bulls fans can really sell out that house and, and give that team a much more advantage because uh, as we talked about with their schedule, Lakina, they should be able to win these next Three games, of course, tonight at the Knicks and tomorrow at Washington, and then before you ho host the Clippers on Thursday. Uh, this uh, this stretch should give the Bulls confidence to get back on track. We'll see. I mean, look, the, the look, it's there for them to take. So we'll we'll see what happens. I, I feel like this could be another one of those matchups, you know, where again we'll see if they can, you know, they can get it going. I mean, they've got you know they've got some games left, you know, to get you know get back and you know get into the one call, and hopefully they can kind of improve their seating. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports. We're live and in living color on the Monday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, the NFL does not disappoint at this time of year. They're still making some news uh, as the owners' meetings are taking place this week. It will conclude on Wednesday. Uh, one of many topics that's being discussed is the overtime rules. Lakina, mm -hmm. I'll let you have the floor before I give my two cents on it. 
oh, you're going to let me have the four four. Look, I think it's the absurd. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the the Titans. I think the Titans. I think it's the Titans that that have this role where they want. I think all. I think there are like two other teams that have you know, this role where they want every team to have at least one possession. I think the Titans proposal. I believe they want to have a full like like another quarter. You know, with the overtime game, play like a whole like new whole another quarter, which I think is silly. Play defense, folks. I'm just going to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Just play defense, and you know, you'll be. You know, just play defense and then, you know, 13 seconds for is all I'm going to say about that. So that's all I got to say about it. I don't want to go in too much in depth with it because I really, there's really like to me, there's really nothing much to say about it. I wish the NFL didn't change this overtime rules a decade ago. I got the reason why they did it. But like, you know, this all stems from um, that, uh, that, that, that overtime game between Buffalo and Kansas City from the playoffs is one of the best games as NFL games has ever been played. And uh, like you like you said before, we said it on the show at the time. Buffalo played defense, and this uh, you wouldn't have lost. You would have gone on to uh, the AFC title game and perhaps the Super Bowl. But if you start to change things just because to please everybody, uh, you're going to lose in the long run. I don't know. I don't know about you, Lakina. You're more the college football person than I am. But if you're starting to change the overtime rules to mimic college football, these some of these games already already take too damn long. I love the NFL just like the next person, but I'm not going to sit there and watch the same game for five hours and watch an overtime that's too gimmicky. Not me. Well, look, you look if y'all want like Illinois Penn State from last season, you want to use that game. We go into nine overtimes. You want that? But they look. I'm not a fan of the college overtime either, especially after you know you got to go for two after the second overtime, and then after that, it's sort of you know two point conversions. You know, one matches the other person, and it's just it gets kind of confusing. So I'm like. Oh, we want to. You want to go that route, okay? But have at it, folks. It's just <laughs> another one with that overtime rule. I'm just saying. All right, sticking with the NFL, so we go into our sports media news segment. Uh, this comes courtesy of our good friends at Awful Announcing. Uh, the NFL are, are really trying to expand their. Uh, their uh, streaming service uh, package with the NFL Sunday ticket. Now the headline is the NFL is contemplating an NFL plus streaming service, which could replace <laughs> Verizon mobile streaming, but questions still remain. Just, just uh, point out a couple of points here uh, in international markets. They already have their own streaming service with NFL game pass offering live and replay games, plus NFL network and NFL films content they also have a u.s uh, version of the same service that offers replays live game audio on demand nfl networking nfl films content and out of market preseason games but no other live games uh it says here uh the nfl is um, developing an nfl plus streaming service that might incorporate a lot of uh, the game pass content plus team-centric content and perhaps most critically live streaming um, to mobile devices, which had already been handled through a deal with Verizon, but that deal with Verizon has expired. As sports media consultant Patrick uh, Crates notes in common comments, there's a possibility that this is being floated just to try and bolster the bidding for that mobile package that Verizon has held. Uh, Craig said, I don't think the NFL has a lot of bidders for this package, and that seems right. The package Verizon held for some notable limitations. Specifically, it was for Verizon phones only at first, but then there was later open up to other phones and tablets, but not TVs. And no other companies were particularly mentioned in bidding for when Verizon signed the deal back 
in 2017. Lakina, we talked about this before. Uh, people want any options in all these professional leagues, including the NFL, which is king here, United States. Uh, they're looking for uh, another uh, stream of income, and people uh, want to uh, have other avenues to watch their games. Yours truly, uh, wherever game is on in your area, you like to watch that. But we're also watching other games that are going on at the same time. That's what makes the NFL so great. Yeah, this is a sort of like going way above my head here. I don't have Verizon, so I think it's sort of weird that they. I don't make, either. You know, like the NFL Plus, I mean, what what is this supposed to you know in, entail? I mean, is it going to be like extra games? Okay, out of market games. Okay, that's why you have Sunday Ticket and other avenues for. Mm-hmm. Then you've got you know some of these other things. It's just like, uh, uh, what what what's what's you know, what's the point here? I, I feel like this is sort of one of those things where I think you know they're following the money. I guess you got a lot of core mm-hmm. cutters and such. You know. So it's definitely one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, wait, what, what, what's, what is the, what's the, what's the end game here? Are you trying to, you know, kind of like, you know, replace Verizon, you know, how, what they were using for streaming. Do you want to, is it going to be open to every, you know, customer, I guess, or every customer, how much is it going to cost? Will there be packages to it? Will there be tiers? Like they, we've seen with all these other streaming services. So it's definitely one of those things where I, I think I, think the NFL is trying to like maybe do too much here is probably like the one case where maybe they are but I, I feel like this is sort of like another one of those things I guess they're following the money but yet the money I think the money is sort of like you know is there going to be is there going to be an audience for this type of thing yeah you all have uh, people paying for Amazon to watch the Thursday night game starting uh, next season uh, uh, for the NFL and and the Sunday ticket package is, is still trying uh, is, is up for grabs. You know, uh, Apple TV, I believe, was trying to get on it as well. So I know the NFL is hot, but uh, it seems like it's too much. But like you said, the NFL is following the money, and we'll see what happens with this uh, situation ongoing. Uh, Lakina, do you watch Hard Knocks on HBO? I actually look forward I to do. it every year. I do. Uh, this year it will feature the – Detroit Lions, yes, uh, the last place dead ass team out of the NFC North. Shout out to our good friend uh, Dan Miller, the radio voice of the Detroit Lions. Hopefully, he'll get mm-hmm. some shine on that program as well. But the Lions were only three teams that could have been forced into hard knocks, along with the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Lakina, the Detroit Lions, they had some personalities on that team. Of course, head coach Dan Campbell, we we heard what he said last year in that clip about busting kneecaps. But um, <laughs> I, I know many of these teams don't want to do it. But the rule is if you haven't made the playoffs from the previous year and no one wants to volunteer, uh, uh, the league has the right to pick. Whoever, t- whichever team they want to see being featured on that program. You still haven't seen Green Bay, the New York Giants, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the horrible Chicago Bears featured on there. I would like to see the Bears featured on there at some point, but it's going to be the Detroit Lions this year. I know you still have quarterback Jerry Goff, who went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago with the L.A. Rams, but uh, I, 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 I usually don't do hot takes, Lakina, but at least uh, at my initial thought was they're going to focus in first on Dan Campbell and then go on down the line from there. Yeah, it's definitely like I, he'll definitely be one of the stars from that show. And then I, yeah. I, I look, I, it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, wait, well, what, what's like you said, I think they kind of like you know, got it by default because nobody else wanted to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of one of those things where, okay, I, I guess I'll look at it. I think, you know, like, like it'll, it'll, be, it'll depend like how far they go you know are they gonna go like maybe you know a training camp and such you know with whoever they pick in the draft 
you know, they're picking, you know, in the top five. So we'll see if they, who they get, you know, maybe we'll follow him around, whoever that guy is. So this could be good, but again, I'm not really like holding my breath too much, but it's kind of like, you know, it's sort of, you know, silly to think that, but you know, whatever. You know the storylines that the uh, the the plots that go into that uh, program every year. Like, they'll follow the first round pick. There's some people leave. They'll ha- they'll draft Hutchinson out of Michigan, the University mm-hmm. of Michigan. You know they're gonna follow him, and that's ends ended up being their draft pick in the first round. Like like we said, they'll follow head coach Dan Campbell. They'll follow the guys that were, that weren't drafted. They'll bring him in for training camp. They're going to follow the guy that had that Kurt Warner storyline. He worked at UPS. He worked mm-hmm. at uh, the grocery store for the last several years. He's trying to, this is his last chance to make the team. They're going to have some silly moments, but let's see if they do things a little bit different this year. Just something just to bring it out of the norm. Yeah, we'll see. And if anybody could do that, it's Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, right? I guess so. Well, this is probably <laughs> the most fun they're going to get during this time of year, that time of year when that deal that starts. So we'll see what happens there is some other big sports uh, sports media news that just came across the, the pike about an hour ago, according to Andrew Marchand from the New York Post. Kevin Brooker will succeed Joy, Joe Buck, I should say, as the uh, Fox's number one NFL play-by-play guy. He'll Meaning, you know, Brooker will call two of the next three Super Bowls, remember, two with you know, after this year, then you know, the year after that, well, the year after the second year of the new TV deal, once that kicks in next year, you know, Fox will have mm-hmm. you know two of the next three. Now, his partner is nothing official yet, although it, lo- it looks like it could be Greg Olson, but again, that's not the people's the rumors are that's not really a guarantee, but there's no reason why he wouldn't be like the guy, you know, he's he's young, so you gotta think it, but let him be kind of like let those who him and Burkhart they already have a nice rapport, let them be, <laughs> you know, that. You know that that team that could be like well, who Buck and Buck and Abram were for that for them. Yeah, and also too, what's what does this do for their baseball coverage? Uh, Joe Davis, of course, uh, a local kid from the Chicago area, he's the TV voice for the Dodgers uh, during the regular season. Mm-hmm. He also he's been doing a lot of big games for Fox under Joe Buck over the last few years. I think he's going to take over that number one spot now that Joe Buck has joined Troy Aikman over at ESPN. If that's the case, I think the baseball coverage would be fine because. Uh, I, I've heard uh, a couple of rumors that Joe Bug, if he would have remained at Fox, he, he was thinking about giving up baseball after this year anyway. So I, I think that uh, if, if Joe Davis sees uh, Joe Buck at Fox's number one baseball voice, uh, uh, I'm fine with that. And of course, Adam Amin, uh, the local guy who does the mm-hmm. Bulls on TV, uh, he's the number two baseball voice at Fox. So uh, baseball and Fox should be fine with those two voices. But getting back to football, as we expected, Kevin Burkhardt being the uh, the lead voice for the NFL for that network, uh, the network is still in good hands. And look, you know, his story, his story is great. If you haven't, you know, you haven't, you know, you're not familiar with his story. He was, you know, he was a car salesman for like about a decade before he got his, you know, his shot over SN, SNY, which is the Mets uh, radio, mm-hmm. uh, Mets uh, TV uh, station, I should say. You yep. know, started doing a production. Then he started doing the, you know, the pre and post. Then he, you know, started to play by play and such. So his storyline is remarkable, and I, I think, you know, he is like the epitome, the epitome of perseverance play, pays off and he persevered through the lean years and such mm-hmm. you know yeah look he had to support his family look you know the things weren't happening at the time and you know he started he, he was selling cars so but then you know they started happening for him and, and look there you go and now he's a new you know lead, he does your know, pre and post for the mlb coverage for fox now he's a new mm-hmm. and you know, top nfl uh guy for fox too so congrats to him 
Yes, congrats to Mr. Burkhart. Him and Greg Olson will continue to do a great job uh, for that network. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here in Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you as we talk uh, sports media news. So let's bring it locally uh, here to Chicago, Lakina. According to Robert Feeder from the Daily Herald, uh, David Kaplan, who hosts uh, Cap and Jay Hood weekdays, Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 a.m. on ESPN Radio in Chicago. David Kaplan, a, a permanent voice in sports in Chicago, will host a new show from NBC Sports Chicago starting on Monday, April 4th. It's unfiltered where David Kaplan will air weeknights at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, after a 20-month hiatus at the network, it will mark a return to nightly TV for Kaplan. Uh, who hosts the Sports Talk Live, which uh, ended a couple of years ago due to the budget cuts in the, in the pandemic. And so, and David Kaplan hosted the Sports Talk Live for the last 16 years up to a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, quoting uh, um, David Kaplan, I'm so excited to be back uh, doing a daily TV show and have such a great opportunity to highlight all the stories that make Chicago the best sports city in, in America. The new 30-minute show will feature uh, trending sports topics, pop culture, and candid conversation with players, coaches, and insiders, according to the network. It'll also feature a betting segment uh, brought to you by Points Bet. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll get to another thing that happened here with a good friend of ours we've had on the show. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, look, I, to me, I always felt that they never should have, you know, gotten rid of the old sport, you know, sports talk live. I think that was probably like one of their highest rated shows on mm -hmm. NBC Sports Chicago. So it's sort of like a similar thing, only with I guess I, I guess it's sort of like it's going to be at you know later at night. So we'll we'll see we'll see how the show is and such. And it looks like they're starting to kind of you know get back into like having regular programming on NBC Sports mm -hmm. Chicago. So that was probably one of the reasons because of the pandemic. You know, they got rid of some folks, they got rid of some shows. Okay, now that things are sort of slowly starting to get back to normal, now you've got mm -hmm. you know you know Cappy you know starting his own show. Look, look, Cap, you know, Cap has been a staple here in this business for like you know over almost 30 years now you know, it mm -hmm. feels like so you know good for him that he's getting more opportunities you know this will probably be like a more of a forum sort of similar to what he and hoodie does hoodie do over at you know, ESPN Chicago in the morning mm -hmm. now they're gonna be, you know how look you know, is he gonna have you know time to sleep that's what I want to know yeah <laughs> but, you know, that's a little bit that's the whole nother story but yeah so you know, congrats to him you know, look he's a good guy you know, in the business so yeah yeah, I think it's a great thing for NBC Sports Chicago. It's Aaron Wheat, 966. Uh, it will be before the Bulls and Blackhawks games, before, uh, especially with the Bulls and Blackhawks winding down the regular season. And for most days, it will air before White Sox post-game lines for those White Sox games airing uh, at 7 o'clock. And so mm -hmm. that's a perfect segue into White Sox coverage. And even uh, after the af uh, afternoon games, the, uh, the games that the White Sox play during the afternoon, that's a perfect uh Post post game show at the White Sox right. post game live. Uh, the only thing for me is will you invite on? Uh, uh, I don't think it's going to uh, be what Sports Talk Live was, but are they going to bring on a guest or two like Gene Sports Tonight does from various uh, members of the media around town and across the country? Yeah, that's going to be sort of like the number one question. Will it be just local guys? Will it be guys? Yeah, will will it be local guys? Will it be like folks that we've had on our show? Will it be like mm -hmm. you know our, our buddy Mark Gorey from the Score, or you know a couple other uh guy local guys? You know mm -hmm. maybe Mark Shinowski who we've had on. So that's kind of be the mm -hmm. thing, right? I mean that's gonna be one of those days where will it be like you know pop culture people and such? So I think that's sort of like the thing where I feel like this is kind of be like you know sort of like okay, well, what's sort of like the, what's kind of like the, you know, the what's going to be the theme here? Will, will it be similar to like Sports Zone Chicago, Sports, 
you know, sports town Chicago, I should say that that's going to be like, the, for me, that's going to be like the number one thing I feel like. And you say he had some news on our uh, good friend of the show. I think I know who you were talking about, but let the people know who you're speaking of uh, because there's a news happening on that front as well. Yeah, this is, yeah, this came out. Yeah, this came out like last weekend. I think this kind of, this is like literally like right after we, you know, we uh, finished the airing Sid, but uh, our good buddy, our girl, Leila Rahimi, who was at you know, NBC Sports Chicago, of course, she was <laughs> let go, you know, during all the, the pandemic and everything else. But now she's back. You know, she's, you know, now she's going to be doing the, uh, she's been doing the uh, sports, you know, sports anchoring over at NBC, NBC Chicago, uh, the, uh, the sports department. Now she's WNBA QTV. Uh, for yep. those of you outside Chicago. <laughs> NBC Chicago. Yes. So there yep. you go. <laughs> You know, I'm being scientific here, Sid. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's sort of, you know, now, okay, she'll be doing the, the sports agree at four, five, uh, and t- six and 10, Monday through Thursday. So she's going to be the lead anchor there. Also, our Jeff Blanz, we got to get him on at some point. He's he's terrific. So we got to get him on. He's I remember him. Friday. He was on ABC7 about 20 years ago. Yeah, but he's still. I'm not telling my age, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, mm, you know, we're in that same bracket, Sid. Remember that. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Lanzi, who will be doing the uh, will be doing the sports uh, the sports angry on Fridays during that time, and uh, Mike uh, uh, Mike Berman, who's been doing who's been doing a great job, who actually is also from here. We gotta get him on at some point. So he's he's terrific too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gonna be doing the weekend uh, anchoring and also to you know, the reporting as well. He's gonna be doing reporting too. So yeah, so we got a new team set over at NBC, you know, Chicago. And also, too, Layla will um, still do her radio show every Wednesday with Dan Bernstein from 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. to noon on 670 The Score in Chicago. So you won't hear her on the regular basis on The Score anymore. But what a great comeback story for her. We got to yeah. get her back on at, at some point. I know she's a busy lady, but mm-hmm. I'm sure she'll give us the time at some point. But congratulations to her once again. And uh, the NBC5 sports team is better off for uh, better off for it. Uh, the question is for The Score uh, in Chicago. Will they uh, pair up Dan Bernstein with another partner again, or will they just have him flying solo? Yeah, that's going to be the thing. I mean, they tried that before and it didn't really work. And they've actually mm-hmm. been doing pretty well ratings wise with Layla on there. So now that yes. they're going to be doing it on Wednesdays, you know, what are, are they? Are they going to have somebody there to do it maybe Mondays? Are they going to do like a rotating thing like they're doing with the overnights with our buddy Mark Grody and, and among others? Are they going to do it that way? So Look, there's mm-hmm. still there's gonna be a lot of maneuvering here and the consistency of it. I think that's gonna be the thing now. They can get away with it now since you know baseball season is coming up, they're gonna be, gonna be airing a lot of Cubs games anyway, so it really mm-hmm. won't make that much of a difference. But you know, with everything else, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Lakina, we got to take a two and two break. When we return, we'll wrap up today's show. We still have some more fun nuggets and information to give you guys as uh, you're listening to Second City Sports. I'm Sid. Let's Lakina. We're live in a living color. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia 
Garcia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar & Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live and they live in color for a Monday edition right here on Sports Zone. Chicago, Celia Lakina here with you uh, wrapping up today's show. This is our last segment of the day. And Lakina, let's continue uh, with our basketball talk. But going into the women's game uh, of college basketball, March Madness as their final four uh, um the final four uh, field is starting to uh, take place. Uh, two games from yesterday. I know you've been keeping up with it a little bit, but from yesterday's action, South Carolina, Don Saley, her crew, they get it done in the, um, in the Greensboro region. Uh, they defeated number 10 Crane 80 to 50. And in the Spokane region, number one Stanford uh, squeezed by Texas 59 to 50. We'll start with the uh, South Carolina uh, win over Creighton. Look, Creighton did a good job. This is the first they've ever been in that program, so they should definitely be commended. They just didn't have it. And I think the experience of South Carolina, I think definitely eventually you know, got the better of them. And look, I think, like I said before, uh, Jim Flannery has done a great job with that program, basically building it from the ground up. So he kudos to him. But if you guys haven't heard of this name, her name is Aaliyah Boston. He's, she had 19 points and seven rebounds. I'm sure for those of you who follow women's basketball, she has like this cool hairdo. You know, she always you know, plays around different colors. She had, I think she had like a fusion going on yesterday. So it's, you know, pretty funny. But look, when you're the, one of the best players, if not the best player in the country, you can get away with, you know, the different colors and such. And she's producing. So they actually had a stat where, like, which hair color she does best at, which is sort of, you know, it's sort of hilarious. But <laughs> we'll see which which she does when they uh, go to Minneapolis for the final four. But, mm-hmm. you know, South Carolina, they had a couple of losses early in this year. But you got that they're the number one overall seed. So they're the, the top team in the country. They're probably they're definitely going to be the favorite now as far as, the Spokane region, Stanford is the you know defending champions. People forget, but you know they you know they you know they kept it close a little bit. Texas did. You know this is the first Texas has been in a while, but they just couldn't get the offense going. You know a lot of the you know, defensive effort there, and you know the whole twins. And you know those who again, you, if you're not familiar with women's hoops, you, know, you got you know the, these are the twins. 
uh, Lexi Hall, you know, she's what they, I believe she was, I want to make sure I get this right. I think she was the one who was Pac-12 player of the year, I feel, I think, you know, but, you know, her sister Lacey, you know, she, she had a couple of big rebounds. She didn't score, but she's sort of like the, you know, sort of like that guy, you know, the, the guard, you know, on, on the inside. So she sort of facilitates the offense. But Lexi Hall had 20 points leading the way, way for Tara Vanderveer's Cardinals, Cardinals squad. And this should be, but this, you know, this, you know, you know they're on their way also too. They're going back to uh, Minneapolis. And yeah, that should, you know, you know, half that, that uh, field is said. Now you got the, the second, you know, the second part of the lead eight tonight. You got mm-hmm. number one seat. <clears throat> Excuse me, I can't talk for some reason. In the Bridgeport region, <laughs> this is in Connecticut, folks. Uh, number two, so UConn to go up against NC State. Number one seed there. That should be an interesting one. I know Paige Beckers is back there. She's starting to find her rhythm again. But NC State, you know, they've looked really good, you know, this whole season. So that should be a fun one. And I think I think they know that they're in kind of in a hostile environment because they're they're playing like not too far from UConn's campus. So I'm sure they know that they'll probably be, you know, the underdogs there in that front. But that should be a really good one there. But uh, that should be a fun one there, the, the top two seats in that region. Now, this should be another fun one here in the Wichita region, the Midwest region, you know, quote, unquote. You got Michigan trying to go to, <laughs> to the Final Four for the first time on the women's side. And then you got Louisville trying to go back to the Final Four for the second time in three years. That should be a fun one. Um, Aaliyah Hilton, if you haven't heard of her for Michigan, she's probably like one of the best players in the Big Ten. So if you haven't heard of her, I think I know she's going to want to – I know she's been very vocal that she wants to get a chance to play in the Final Four. We'll see. It's going to be a tough goal against a very good Louisville team. But, you know, they're, you know Michigan's a 3 C, So it should be, that should be a really fun one. So should be some good ones tonight. If you follow women's hoops, make sure you check it out. I want to ask you a question about the UConn uh, Lady Huskies. Of course, they check in with the 28-5 and record uh, this season. I know they had their struggles early in the season. I want to ask you about head coach Gino Amarella. I know there's been some criticism next to him the last couple years. I know this has been the most regular season losses they had in a while because they usually – have one loss or maybe two losses at the at most, at, yes, at most over the last decade or so. Uh, I want to ask you: Have you think he's lost his touch a little bit, or do you think that the other teams around women's college basketball has uh, suddenly gotten better because they used to run it until the last couple I think, years? I think you know, Ori for Coach Oriama. I, I feel like it's a little bit of both. I think it's definitely <laughs> a case where. Yes, you know, he might have lost his time. I mean, he's like, I think he's like almost 70 now. I think he's like in his late 60s. So he's always getting up there in age. But also, too, I mean, look, you saw what happened in the early part of the tournament. We had like about six or seven double digit seeds, you know, going to the Sweet mm-hmm. 16. So you got like a lot of, you know, a lot of these players are going like all over the country. They're not just going to UConn or South Carolina or Stanford. They're going mm-hmm. all over the country. So, and I think that's, you know, what's helped, especially with the NILs and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, the women's, you know, the women's, you know, basketball, actually all women's sports have actually benefited from that NIL rule. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, you know, ladies can stay home. Now, now again, you know, to, you know, tonight, I mean, like I said before, you know, NC State's number one seed in that region. I know this could be like a home court, you know, advantage for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, I know like some, you know, UConn people I, I've, I've seen, like, you know, some people say, oh, I should, maybe he should retire or something or whatever. I think it's a little bit much, but like, look, he's still, look, he's still doing pretty well. And I, I feel like, yeah, like I said, I think it's both. I, I feel like, you know, yes, yes, he might have lost a little bit of a step, maybe, you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not gaining those top recruits like he used to. But all at the same time, though, like I said, but because of that, you know, it's a lot more open now in women's hoops. You got like, it's no longer, 
He'll be 68, actually. So he just heard 68, like, last week. So <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Like I said before, he's getting up there. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely – look, I remember when we first came on this scene when it went to the Final Four in 1990. That was our first trip to the Final Four mm-hmm. for the UConn women. And you, you could tell – some people we saw that they could tell that something special was about to happen there. I heard somebody – I don't know if it was Ann Myers. Somebody said – I don't know, Atlanta, Nancy Lieber, but somebody said that, you know, there, he might be building something special, and he has. So – Look, I feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, you could spread out all the questions. The one team that I do hope that, you know, they lost in the Sweet 16, but I hope they do come back to promise that's Tennessee. You know, Kelly Harper won a couple of championships back in the late 90s. You know, she's back home. You know, she's getting some big recruits. I hope that they can, you know, get back there because I feel like Tennessee, you know, Texas was able to get there, you know, to, you know, to the, uh, the Elite Eight. You know, they, after some time, you know, they were like one of the first teams on the women's side to really like, you know, get the, go into prominence, but I hope Tennessee does. Cause I feel like women's basketball is better when Tennessee is right there. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just think that he's, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, look, you know, to, you know, you know, Mr. Oyama is doing just fine folks. I think he's getting the recruits. He's still getting the recruits. He's still, you know, guys are, you know, ladies you know, are, are wanting to play for him. So I think for folks kind of just chill on that. Can, can we call him the John Wooten or the uh, Larry Brown of women's college basketball as far as head coaches are concerned? He's up there. I think, look, I think, you know, God rest her soul, her soul past summit is definitely up there. Yeah. Uh, Jody Conrad is another uh, women's, you know, legendary women's coach who's up there. Uh, you know, a lot, I forgot a lot of Ted coach from like back in the day. She, her name's like right at the tip of my top of my head here, but you know, look, I think women's basketball has come a long way, especially on the, on the, on the college, you know, aspect of things, you know, they, they were, they were playing like a little small gyms, you know, the, you know, now it's a big thing, you know, they got the March Madness moniker now they can use that now. So, you know, yeah. And I mean, look, I think, I think it's look, you know, it, it's gotten better. It, you know, does have a lot of ways to go. Yeah. But look like the men's tournament, you know, they've seen a lot of you know, a double digit increase too in viewership. So if you, as the old saying goes, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, so catch both those games tonight starting at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. We still have some time left. Lakina, let's go to baseball. I'll be honest with you. I watched a little bit of the spring training um, uh, overall, but I did get a chance to check out Sunday's action between the White Sox and the LA Dodgers. The Sox came out of there with a 9-0 win. Of course, they lost on Saturday to the uh, LA Angels 9-3. Andrew Vaughn, their first, the Sox first baseman and slash outfielder, who did a very good job uh, in, in filling in for Eloy Jimenez uh, at this point last season. He has a right uh, hip injury. He's going to keep him out a couple of weeks. But hopefully, if you're the White Sox, the injury bug doesn't bite you again like you did a year ago. But unlike a year ago, you had unsung heroes coming and seven in doing the job. But the White Sox can't afford to have any major injuries this year, it, especially if they expect to win the whole thing and go farther in the playoffs. Yeah, hip flexor is what – I think a hip pointer is what they're they're classifying mm-hmm. it as. So, yeah, I think if you're the White Sox, I think you're, you're breathing a sigh of relief because you're definitely going to need it, especially in those days where you don't want to have Eli play in the outfield, which is a lot. Please, please, please. But, uh, you know <laughs> – You want to see him in that net again this week no, you laugh. No, 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 I don't. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, it, it's look, it, it's cool. I, I mean, look, you know, he was, away, he was able to avoid serious injury, so that that's what – that's mm-hmm. a good thing, so – that, that that's that, that's good to hear but yeah i mean look i'm not gonna freak out over like if someone's struggling or someone hits like five home runs or something you know in spring training mm-hmm. you really can't do that so i i say you know what i mean 
Look, you have the depth there. We'll look. We'll see where. Look, we just don't know where Michael Conforto is gonna gonna play. So we'll see mm-hmm. what happens, you know, in that front. But yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see what what the White Sox do because I, I feel like I'm sure there are a lot of White Sox fans who are restless right now, especially since he, did, especially since he didn't, you know, they didn't get. You know, look, they got Joe Kelly, but he's not gonna be able to play for a little bit, and some other, you know, they're able to get some mm-hmm. other key guys as well. So again, you know, if you're a White Sox fan, I would say just you know chill if. They struggle early, then you can panic. But I think right now, I think people should just chill. Uh, and speaking of chilling, Lakina, uh, I think we talked about this before uh, a couple of years ago with that um, shortened season due to the pandemic in 2020. We know this year's spring training was truncated to three weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, every team in baseball is going to use the whole month of April, including maybe the first couple of weeks in May, to get their guys uh, settled in as far as getting them into the routine. We know the games will, will be more important starting in a couple of weeks, uh, April 7th, uh, with uh, that will be the official opening day. But mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on uh, how would these, how will the, the, the teams, not just our local teams, the Cubs and the Sox, but how will all these teams handle the starting pitcher? Because we already know that unless you have no hitter, even in some cases a no hitter uh, due to the analytics and the, and the pitch count, um, many of these managers are not letting these starting pitchers go past five, six innings. I think that's going to be a case again, at least to start off the season, since we have such a short spring training schedule. Well, also too, isn't like isn't the uh, the roster going to be expanded for this month, and I think the first, yeah. some part of uh, May as well. So. Yeah, so I, I think this will definitely help. I think you're not going to see a lot of guys going, you know, six or seven innings. You may see like maybe five at most because of the fact mm-hmm. that you know the truncated spring training and such. Yeah, so it's going to take. And I, I like, we've been saying this for the last few weeks, especially since you know all this started happening once everything was was you know ratified and official. Mm-hmm. Look, it's going to take you know teams a month to kind of get into a rhythm. It's going to take hitters a, a little bit to get into a rhythm. It's going to take mm-hmm. some you know pitchers about a month to get into a rhythm. So. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how some team, if, if some teams, you know, if the White Sox or the Cubs or any other, like some of the top teams, the, the Giants have a bad start, you know, coming out the gate, if the Dodgers have a bad start, coming off the mm-hmm. gate, or any of these contending teams, you know, like Sons, the Cubs. But uh, if the Yankees have a really tough start, you know, going into, you know, going into this, uh, this, you know, early season, I mean, that, that, I think people need to kind of like give them a little bit of slack. Cause like it's like you said, I mean, they're, they're in a rhythm, especially once spring training comes, you're in a rhythm. But mm-hmm. the fact that they've had like a truncated spring training, yeah, you're not going to get into a much more rhythm right away. So I think people need to kind of just chill and, you know, give you know, all these teams and all these players kind of like a month or two to kind of like get into a rhythm because, look, you're, you're, it's all about habits in baseball, right? So if they're mm-hmm. not, if they didn't have like a full spring training, it's going to take a while for guys to kind of, you know, sort of, you know, get to the rhythm of their, their pitching, you know, and their, their, and the batting and such. So it's, it's like, I think people just need to kind of like just, Give folks, you know, uh, give guys a break if they struggle early on, especially. And at, and bringing up to my next point, I think that the offensive numbers will go up slightly. How much we'll see, as we talked about, uh, starting pitchers getting the early hook to start uh, to start the season, especially with the first month. And then with our with our Chicago teams the Cubs and the White Sox, especially with the weather uh, being cold. I know spring has sprung uh, uh, here uh, during the late stages of March here in Chicago, but you know, April gets tricky as well with a lot of rain and we still have temperatures in the upper forties and fifties. We know that uh, especially with the Sox, uh, their offense takes uh, some time to get going, but when the weather heats up, their offense usually takes Mm -hmm. out. And that's what happens with most of these cold weather teams that do not play in domes. And so I, 
or especially now with the new uh, rule, uh, you have a designated hitter in the National mm-hmm. League. Uh, offense is going to pick up just a little bit more. How much? Uh, we shall see. I don't know if it's going to be up there in the late 90s, early 2000s steroid era in terms of the numbers, but uh, offense uh, should increase uh, yeah. when we start the season in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it should, and I feel like it probably will will you know expand. And I think, look, if you're a baseball, I think that's what you want because you have like some people that are kind of giving mm-hmm. give, give them the side eye because of all this labor strife. And, you know, it took them all this time. You know, it didn't. They really didn't you know want to get a deal done until you know it, it was getting closer and closer to folks losing money. So, yeah, I think if it is, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the Phillies score, especially they score like 12 or 13 runs a game to start the season and some other teams as well. So I think this could be the thing where it gets folks to tune in to watch. So I think it, it might end up working out for baseball. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see what happens uh, as the, we're drawing closer to op- the, uh, to opening day, April 7th, which is on a Thursday. Of course, the Cubs will open uh, their home uh, their uh, season at home against Milwaukee. Uh, Friday, April 8th, the Sox will travel to Detroit to take on the Tigers. Uh, Tim Anderson won't be playing in those first three games uh, due to a, a suspension pending for what he did against Detroit mm-hmm. last season. You're listening to Second City Sports, Sports Zone Chicago on the Monday edition. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, quickly, and I do mean quickly, let's get to that hockey. Uh, the Chicago mm-hmm. Blackhawks are 24 and 30, 24, 32 and 10 on the season. They host the Buffalo Sabres tonight at the UC at 730. You can watch that game if you choose to on NBC Sports Chicago Plus. Of course, the last game the Hawks played, which was last Saturday afternoon against the Vegas Golden Knights. They lost in overtime at the blowing three nothing lead, but they won their previous two games uh, during that road trip at Anaheim and against the LA Kings. Uh, Lakina, we, we've been saying this all season long. The Hawks are in a rebuild mode. New GM Kyle Davidson has a lot of work to do. You're seeing signs of a young team, and what happened on Saturday was inexcusable, but you know why. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, that that game just really like urged me for some reason. Like you had a really nice, healthy lead, but they weren't able to to pull it out. And it's just like it's sort of a microcosm of what the last few years have been like for the Hawks. I feel like so that's a, that's a whole another thing. But yeah, of course, you know you're starting to look you. Know, Flurry's gone. You're going with the you know, goalie by committee, if you will. If you're the Blackhawks, so they got the Savers tonight. So we'll we'll see if they can you know bounce back. Like you said, Sid, you know, hosting them at the UC. Now it's going to be like kind of a long you know, Who's going to have like the best record in the league? You got you know Florida at 94 points. You got Carolina at 93. Then you have Pittsburgh. They've been doing good uh, despite no, the Quinville mess. Joel Quinville mess. I'm talking about Florida. I know they picked up Claude Giroux at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. That should give him help on the offensive end. Uh, they could be another uh, 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 scary team come playoff time in the Eastern Conference. I still have the Rangers as my personal favorite, but uh, don't look past Florida. I know Florida has been coming up short the last couple of years, but uh, they still have a very good team. Colorado have the they have the best record right now, and with 98 points. Show me in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Well, I think that that's been the same with Colorado the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Because they haven't played very, they haven't played very well in the playoffs. That's been the problem. So we'll see what happens. Um, Calgary, you know, they're you know they're trying to I guess like fight for the pride of Canada. If you will, since Canada hasn't won uh, a Stanley Cup in years, so well, we'll get to that get closer and closer. But yeah, you know, very interesting. If you if you haven't followed hockey, we understand why. But you know, they're getting closer and closer down to wire in their season as well. I think there's only about like five or six games left for some of these teams. If you're a Blackhawks fan, like you know, Canada been quick enough, but uh. Yeah, <laughs> other stuff too. We won't get into that, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what how they finish in these. You know, the top teams finish. 
Yeah. I want to ask you your, your take about John DeTays. I don't know if you caught his comments early last week about uh, this uh, comes uh, following the trade of Mark andre Fleury, as we mentioned. Now, I believe Taves, Kane, and Dabringa are free agents after next mm -hmm. season, I believe. Yes. I believe yes. it's at the next yes. season. And yes. uh, I know it has not been a good year for Mr. Taves, both on and off the ice, of course. Uh, we remember his comments following the whole Cal, uh, the whole uh, Cal Beach uh, situation. And of course, now mm -hmm. uh, he doubts that he, he may finish his uh, uh, remain with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, uh, Patrick Kane's been talking about he wants to stay here for his whole career. Of course, he has a young son now, and now to bring in, he's the best young player on the team. Uh, uh, me and Kenneth Davis from that Davis show, which you should support on War or Anchor and watch it uh, right here on YouTube. Me and him been having conversations over the last few years that, uh, especially after that one of the last cup of 2015, he told me that Jonathan Taze, uh, it was the perfect time to strike uh, training Jonathan Taze. Of course, we know Taze has been having uh, injury uh, issues throughout his career. And I told him I agree with him, but you know, Stan Bowman, who was the GM at the time, was felt like he was. Uh, they still had the roster to go for Stanley Cups. Of course, we all know that that team got old, and people, uh, other mm -hmm. teams caught up uh, to him. And so, uh, the trade value for Taves is, is not as great as it once mm -hmm. was. Uh, he's in his early 30s now. As Kane has gotten better with age, John Jonathan Taves has um, decreased uh, with his age. Of course, we, we all know why he missed uh, last season, but. I think Taze will finish in a different uniform. I think it's great. Uh, what he did here in Chicago on the ice and off the ice uh, will never be forgotten. But uh, it looks like his time is, uh, as of right now, has, has come up wearing a Blackhawks uniform. Yeah, that's unfortunate, too, that you didn't really strike while the irons how with, with Taze. But, you know, I think some of the goodwill that he was able to, you know, come up, especially with everything that went on with the Kyle B situation and such, he didn't really do himself any favors with those comments. So I, I, I kind of feel like, okay, you know, at least try to get, some, if you're, you know, Kyle Davidson, I think if you try, you know, you try to get something for him, you make him like, could you get maybe a first rounder for him? Could you get maybe another, you know, another, you know, maybe get another like player for him, a young player that you can probably build around, you know, that's sort of another thing. So. We'll see. Now, as far as Kane, I know he doesn't want to leave, but I'm sure he's going to want to go to a contender. I know that, you know, he met his wife here. He's got a young son now, but mm -hmm. it, it feels as I, I kind of feel like you're at that point now where you may have to see, you know, for business purposes, you know, it's about mm -hmm. business at this point. And, you know, Kyle Davis already said that, that this is going to be a rebuild. Now, how far, yeah. you know, now how far a rebuild will it be a complete teardown? Will they, Maybe get rid of, you know, Taze and Kane, you know, maybe like plus some guys here and there and have a couple of lean years until you start competing again. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. So we'll see. But there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of things here. There are a lot of options for Mr. Beach to go. So go on. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the Chicago's West Side Hockey Club. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Money Edition, live and in living color right here on Sports on Chicago. Lakina, we have a couple of minutes left. Any other leftover thoughts on the world of sports and entertainment that you need just to get off your chest? Yeah, I'm not going to go into the whole thing with the Oscars. I'll just, you know what, here's the thing. I will just congratulate, congratulate the winners. You know, congrats to Coda. If you haven't seen Coda yet, it's a great movie, you know, with you know, children of deaf, you know, deaf and you know, and assisted uh, living. That's what it is. You know, Marley Matlin was a, uh, you know, was part of the movie. Of course, you know, she was the first deaf actress to win an Oscar for Children of the Lesser God. Joe Costa became the first male actor to win supporting actor. You know, from 
you know, for that movie this year, Arya Du Bois, who, if you haven't seen West Side Story, she stole every scene, you know, she was in in that movie. So she definitely deserved the um, the Oscar there. Uh, also, too, you know, she's a first, you know, Afro Latina, you know, and also she's openly gay, so she's a part of the LGBTQ plus community. So, you know, congrats to her. Also, Jessica Testi for uh, being Tammy Faye, Jim and Tammy Faye, you know, Tammy Faye Baker. Her her performance was spot on, so I can see why she won it. Now, Will Smith, now, look, the other stuff aside, I know some folks don't want to do that, but, you know, his his <laughs> his, uh, his, uh, uh, his uh, turn as Richard Williams was really good, so he definitely deserved that. Coda deserved the win for best, uh, best picture. Questlove, if you haven't watched Summer of Soul yet on Hulu, you should, guys should check it out. And it's unfortunate that that happened after that whole incident. Again, we won't get into that. But if you haven't right. seen Summer of Soul on Hulu, you guys should check it out. You know, Questlove, you know, produced it. It's basically based on his life. And it talks about, you know, the stuff that happened. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a great it's a great doc. So it's not a very long one. So you guys can get the investment on that. So go for it. That. So, uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about the Oscars. I'll just leave it at that. All right. Yeah, so, Questlove is also a big fan of Soul Train. You can follow him on yes, Instagram and Twitter. And he tweets some stuff out about that TV show. We had our thoughts about Soul Train, which is uh, 50 years um uh, anniversary this year, of course, Don Colina has passed away ten years ago. We spoke about that, but Chris Love and in, in, in that group, the Roots, the hip hop group, mm-hmm. they can play all types of music. I know they, I think, believe they still doing their thing on uh, Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show on NBC mm-hmm. as their house band. So they really made a mark for themselves over the years. So I'm really proud of him and that group. Yeah, that was a really, they were a really great band. I think they lost one of their members too. I, I think like last year. So uh, rest in peace. To him, also to uh, Ryan Bates, that's just you know came across the wires in the last fifteen minutes. The bear, the book, the, the you know the Bears actually offered a four-year deal. Well, now the Bills have matched that. He's a he's a little offensive of tackle basis, so the Bills mm-hmm. are going to match that you know match that offer, and so the the, the Bears missed out on a really solid like O lineman. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, sorry for all you Bears fans that were hoping to have him on the help protect Justin Fields. That's not happening. Uh, Albert Pools is going back to St. Louis. It's kind of got lost in all the show with all the weirdness that's happened last night. But this came mm-hmm. across. He signed a one-year deal to go back to the Cardinals. Yeah, it's basically a farewell tour. And now with the mm-hmm. DH in the National League, uh, he can play part-time mm-hmm. and he can pad his stats. And he's a, definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, so a, a nice job by him. Also, two congrats. And he won a World Series, two World Series with them. In 2011, I believe yes, in 06 as well. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So uh, you can't go home again. Apparently, also to uh, congrats to the Canadian uh, men's national team in soccer. It's their first time since 1986 they have qualified for the World Cup. Yes, it's been that long, folks. That, that's crazy. And the U.S., you know, they beat Panama. So as long as they don't lose by six against Costa Rica on you know, tomorrow, I think it's tomorrow, tomorrow or Wednesday, that they should be able to get back into the World Cup. Thank God, because I didn't want to hear all those folks talking about, you know, the – uh, the American men not getting into the World Cup again. I did not mm-hmm. want to hear those takes. So it, it's a, you know, <laughs> I've, I've heard enough annoying takes for one week. So I'm going to do that. Also, do some tough news there about the Celtics, you know, since we talked about Celtics earlier, what they've done. Robert Williams, who was a big part of, you know, the, you know, the scoring, you know, surge and what Taylor's been doing and such, he's going to be out mm-hmm. at least for the rest of the regular season, maybe perhaps the whole season with a torn meniscus. So a big loss there for the Celtics. Yeah, it's the Celtics trying to uh, battle for a top spot in the East, just like everybody else with Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Chicago, and Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tough loss, especially at this time of year. 
Also, to Scotty Scheffler, you know, for winning the uh, match play, the uh, the World WGC Match Play Championships over in Ohio. And, you know, too bad our girl Christine's out there. I know she would appreciate this a little bit more. But it's, you know, but he's in in his last five starts, he's had, I think, like three wins his last five starts. So he's only 25. Could he be the favorite to win the Masters? Maybe. We have that coming up in a few weeks. So he's probably going to be the favorite. He's actually... You know, it has been he has played in that course. He's very close to that course. So, you know, pretty cool to see. So, you know, Mr. Scheffler, you know, pretty much dominated from the from the from the jump for the most part in this mm-hmm. tournament. So, you know, congrats to him. But that's not an easy thing you know, to win that Dell match play. So just mm-hmm. a you know, just a remarkable story. Also, too, he came there. He was there as a fan with his girlfriend. Now he wins it with his, you know, his girlfriend, now wife. So it's, it all comes full circle for him. All right, and that's a wrap. Uh, with uh, thank you very much for you uh, for you guys joining us here today on the Monday edition of Second City Sports Live in the Living Color or Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can catch us every Monday, every Friday, right here on Sports Zone Chicago from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time. As we give you this great uh, Chicago sports talk and national sports talk as well. And Lakina, take us home. Where can the people follow you on social media? You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can follow yeah. yours truly. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app to catch any of our other five live shows. You can go back and catch your favorite episodes of your uh, favorite shows throughout the week. And you can follow uh, our podcast, Second City Sports, by subscribing to War or Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And you can follow War Media uh, at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube as well. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And one more again, as you young folks will say, catch Second City Sports live in the living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Second City Sports live in the living color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right, folks. I was getting a little cool out there, so try to dress accordingly. Uh, Don't throw away those winter coats just yet. I found out almost the hard way this weekend. Oh, oh dear. dear. That's that's not good. Uh, And also the gloves either. So wear your smaller gloves. That's probably the best best route to go to, especially this time of year. But, look, if you're not going to wear a mask, you know, wash your hands. You know, if you're not going to get vaccinated, still, you know, wear your mask. You know, wash your hands. And just be good to each other. For Sid, I'm the Kansas and Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. And we'll see you Friday. Doppels, holla!